Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! What's up, guys? It is your Ignite Wrestling Women's Champion and your Platinum Pro Wrestling Diamonds Division Champion, Casey Lennox. You guys ready to have some fun? Stop the presses, folks. Casey Lennox, legitimately one of the hottest prospects on the independent wrestling scene today. She is taking time out of her crazy schedule. I mean, you're a double champion. You also mm-hmm. are a model. You also are a photographer. I think you also are our superwoman saving the world. So this is pretty cool to have you on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm glad to have you. And, and let me start off by asking you, I mean, how does it feel to be a double champion? Because that's a lot of responsibility to be holding belts in two separate promotions. Now, it is a lot of responsibility. I am blessed beyond belief to be able to represent these different promotions. So Platinum Pro Wrestling um, and Ignite Wrestling, uh, they are big promotions here in Florida. And hopefully I can, you know, get other belts and in other companies and other states, being able to hold such, you know, prestigious championships and to be able to defend them literally a a dozen promotions, it just means the world to me. And it means a lot that the promoters trust me enough to represent their company and trust that I will always put on a good show for them. Well, that's for sure. And and I'm glad you, you brought up that word trust because that's been the theme, especially, you know, I've been researching your career literally since day one, since you hit the scene. And one of the things that I've been very impressed with, Casey, is the fact that, like you said, the promotions trust you, your opponents in the ring, you know, they're giving you their body. They certainly trust you. And the fans are constantly entertained. I mean, it literally doesn't matter what show you're on. Casey Lennox is going to make a statement that people are going to be talking about afterwards. It's like you, you just find a way to shine i mean what do you attribute that to how are you able to rise to the occasion so consistently when i was a child looking at uh tori wilson and the bikini contest that's what drew my attention so i feel like that's why that's why i got into wrestling to make other people say oh my god wow look at her she's strong and she's beautiful and she can you know grab the attention of everyone i don't know i always just want to like improve myself and be better and I guess that's just what makes me do it. I find it interesting that you mentioned Tori Wilson. So here's somebody who was very successful in the fitness model world before she turned to pro wrestling. And Mm -hmm. even life after pro wrestling, she's gone back to 
the fitness world and she's just doing an incredible job and, and such a, mm-hmm. a positive person, very much like yourself. So it's, it's funny that you mentioned her because you, you definitely, re- I can see the inspiration and how that's rubbed off on you and some of the decision-making that, that you've had here. Talk to me about the modeling aspect because you definitely, you put out the pictures and people love it and you do a really great job updating the social media and what have you with that. Do you get a hard time for doing that, being a wrestler who also, you know, looks good at, at being a model, but she can also kick your butt at the same time? Do people give you a hard time or are they starting to understand and they get that you can be more than just one dimensional? Some of my people that I work with, they always say, why don't you just model? You're so pretty. You don't have to wrestle, blah, blah, blah. And other people just look at me as a model and other female wrestlers. They just look at us as models or as the pretty girls or as the bathroom breaks or anything like that. So it sucks that we look at look as, as one dimensional, but then you just got to go out there and prove them wrong and prove them that you're not just a pretty face or you're not just somebody who lifts weights that you can actually, you know, put your strength and your beauty um, and those muscles to work to actually entertain people. Going back about, you know, the past six or seven years, you had a lot of folks who breaking into the business, they wanted to be taken serious as this wrestler, this ass kicker. And, you know, don't call me a model and don't focus on my beauty. We went through that phase. And now it seems like we've kind of gotten back to a, a more level ground where everyone is understanding that just because you're beautiful, that doesn't mean you can't be a, a solid wrestler. And just because you're a solid wrestler, that doesn't mean you can't be beautiful. So it's very interesting to see you understanding that concept and utilizing that to your advantage. And it's worked for you, right? Yeah, I'd say it worked. it's worked for me. Um there are still, you know, some promotions all around the world that are only booking females because they look pretty or because, you know, they're like boobs and butt. But there are some solid promotions around that book the females because like females are the like superstar or the up and coming talent. So yeah, I think I've I mean, I haven't really worked for many promotions that the females are just uh there for their good looks we actually go out there and we get time and we have stories and stuff like that but i feel like i feel like most promotions right now are booking females to actually wrestle instead of just look good but i will say that there are you know still those few that are just out there for good looks one of your your amazing talents and something that you really do a great job with as well is that you're a photographer (laughs) honestly I suck at posing for camera or posing for like pictures so I I normally and I know like my key shots to go to but other than that I normally get help from my photographer and his wife um and then recording like wrestling shows or recording my matches and working the hard cam it's pretty uh different from that just because when I'm at work I have to be on the like be on the move between different spots when I'm wrestling although we are you know working towards the crowd we're still working towards that one camera um so that's how I feel like they're different I mean they can be similar but I feel like they're more different than they are the same all right now listen 
Miss Casey Lennox, come on now. I mean, you're you're a double champion here. You legitimately have some of the most popular photos floating around there. Anytime you post your photo, you did a photo collage a couple of weeks ago about some of your shots and, and what have you, and everybody's going crazy about, oh, look at this, look at this. You're telling me that Miss Casey Lennox, okay, the double champion, the model, the, the girl who was on MLW TV, you're telling me that you suck at, at uh, posing and you suck at being on hard cam? Come on. What's going on here? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I definitely suck at posing. Like I, like I said, I know my, my key shots and what like poses my body looks good with. Um, but outside of that, I am horrible at posing. And I don't want to keep doing like the same poses and shots for each photo shoot. I want it to be different. But yeah, I'm horrible at posing. <laughs> You know what? We're going to get something trending here, folks. Okay. I want to do hashtag <laughs> Casey Lennox must pose. Okay. We're going to get that circling worldwide from now on. Anytime you see Casey Lennox out there on your TV or in the, in the pictures or what have you, the Casey Lennox pose, Casey Lennox must pose. We've got to get that trending folks. We'll, we'll take care of this real quick. <laughs> Working with a with a hard cam, like I was saying, you obviously have to, you know, work towards that for most of the match or f for whatever interviews that you do, you work towards the, the hard camera. But I feel like you're just in one position when I'm interviewing. Like my chest is always towards the camera. Uh, my face is towards the camera. And then you just want to be able to see your whole body. With taking photos at SeaWorld, you just kind of have to, like, get everything. I mean, yeah, you have to, like, frame your picture up and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, it could literally be a random jump in the air that you have to zoom out. And it's just totally different to me than, um, than being on hard camera or taking actual pictures. <laughs> We're talking to the double champion, the photographer. She also <laughs> sucks at, at posing, Miss Casey Lennox. Now, Casey, it's, it's funny because when I talk to everybody in the industry about you, mm -hmm. one of the more common themes that keeps popping up is the fact that you're so helpful. You're so willing to work with wrestlers who may have less experience than you who may be experiencing some confidence issues in the ring, which is, you know, let's be honest, it, it can be pretty dangerous to be in there with somebody who's green and help them work through whatever they have to work through. Talk to me about that a little bit, because why do you take so much time to help out that next generation after you, especially considering you're still pretty young your own self? So, um, when I first started training, I, you know, I was trained. I was taught how to do my rolls, how to hit the ropes, um, take a hip toss, stuff like that. But when it came to actually being helped, I feel like I wasn't actually helped. Like if I didn't understand how to do a move or how to take something, it would just be brushed off to the side and then you move to the next thing. When I came to Florida, when I started training at Team Vision Dojo, I would train, I would train in the daytime. Um, so I kind of like worked my way up to like the night classes with more, more of the advanced people. But 
no matter which class I went to, whether it was the advanced class, the beginner's class, class with uh, Santana, so Lady Warriors class, I was helped no matter what, whether I got something or whether I didn't. Uh, still to this day, if I don't get something, we will continue to do it until like I get it or one of the other students get it. And that's why, that's why I help other people, you know? Everybody's gonna be green in their own way or in their own sense. And that's, that's a thing that can happen anywhere. There's always gonna be a new person at work. There's always gonna be a new boss. There's always gonna be something new and someone that needs help. So why not just help them? Like we all get better when we help each other. So that's why I help people because I just wanna get better. And I wanna be able to trust them when we have you know these matches. Um, so yeah, that's why I help because I don't want to. I don't want my match to be crappy uh, because I didn't want to help somebody learn a move or take something right or anything crazy like that. You mentioned her, uh, Santana Garrett, somebody who has been instrumental in your career and your development. And very seems like you've you've taken a page from her book and put your own spin on it in terms of helping the next generation and, and you know making sure that they're they have a solid foundation to build off of. How inspirational has it been for you to see Santana's journey, especially since you've started? Because if we go back four years ago, I mean, she was mm-hmm. doing, you know, a couple of spots here and there on Impact Wrestling and a couple of spots here and there in NXT. Mm-hmm. Then she got the WOW Superheroes deal, which, you know, now yeah. she's on TV every week and what have you. <laughs> and now... She's permanently on NXT. She's even been on Raw before. I mean, how, mm-hmm. how inspirational has it been to see Santana Garrett continue to climb the ladder in the industry? Um, it's been very inspirational. And every time I think about it, like I get emotional because she is the reason that I chose the school that uh, I'm at now. Um, Santana Garrett, you know, she's an international superstar. And that's, that's not just, you know, a moniker or nickname. Like, she's literally traveled the world. So she was the reason that I picked the school that I went to. So hearing that, you know, she got signed, uh, I literally, I didn't text her the first day because, you know, everybody does that first day text. Um, I wanted to wait and uh, text her after to make sure she got it and it wasn't, you know, in a big 50-person text spam. Um, so I waited to text her so I knew that she got it. And then uh, I told her to let us know when she had her first match or her first dark match. Um, So I was there to see that first match. Um, And then so many more after, but it's so inspirational. Uh, We still stay in contact literally at least once every two weeks. We text each other or Instagram. But yeah, seeing her there, knowing that she's been working towards that for her entire career and that it finally paid off for her is extremely inspirational. And just learning from her, not even not even in wrestling, but outside of wrestling, as to how to hold yourself as a female, how to hold yourself as a female wrestler, how to hold yourself as a just as a wrestler, uh, things to post, things not to post. I am so proud of her and I miss her every day. Like whenever I'm at training, I just miss, I miss her. And I feel like I do little things um, that she would do. And it's, it's cool. If I can become half of the wrestler that Tana is, that would be amazing. You have a very mature outlook on the business and how you approach it and, and 
you know, life in general. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I've found in my own personal experience is folks like yourself, they've been through some stuff. You know, they definitely mm-hmm. have been through some challenges, which has forced them to grow up, you know, sometimes even faster than what you would normally expect from a person. I know that um, you've had some medical challenges since you've started pro wrestling. And even within the past two years, let's talk about this because, you know, one of the challenges actually forced you to have to take some time off and really make sure your health was in order there. What happened, number one? And and number two, how are you feeling today? So I feel great today. (laughs) Um, But what happened was I had had two pulmonary embolisms or blood clots, uh, if that's the easier way for someone to understand. Um, So I had two blood clots in my lungs. One on my left side. Yes. On my left side, I had a pulmonary infarction, which means that some of the tissue like around your, around your lung, it dies. So it's not like, it's not useful anymore. Um, so I had that, that caused me a lot of pain. <laughs> I actually, and it sucks cause it kind of happened now as well, but I flew to Ohio. I believe it was like, it wasn't my first out of state booking. It was probably like my second out of state booking flew to Ohio, flew back. And then two days later, I would have these pains and it was like a sharp stabbing pain, but it would only happen overnight. So between, I would say between the hours of like one to like four, because I would, I would go back to sleep at five and then, you know, wake up and do the rest of my day. Um, So I would have those sharp stabbing pains for like between those hours. And I was like, it's whatever, you know, it's only, it's only occurring during that time. I'm not having any other problems whatever. (laughs) I finally went to the doctor for another reason. And it was like, like a muscle in my shoulder or something like that. Um, and he had asked me if I was having any other problems or any other pains. And I told him about the overnight stabbing pain. He went into doctor mode and got me blood tests. And then I got a, um, a, a CAT scan or a CT scan or an MRI. I don't know the difference between all those fancy scans. Um, I got a scan and it came back that I had the two pulmonary embolisms or blood clots. He kind of told my mom first and she, you know, got all emotional at the time. I didn't exactly know what a blood clot was or how like severe they were. So I didn't understand why she was so emotional. I got put on the ambulance, uh, taken to the hospital. And then I was released the day, the day slash night after. And yeah, I got put on blood thinners for six months and now I'm doing great. Like I just, I just did some blood work and my, uh, my levels came back normal. So I'm good for now. Knock on wood. Thank goodness for that, for sure. Now you were able to defeat that challenge and then you had another one pop up out of nowhere on you. You actually had a, a short bout with Bell's palsy. Oh. I know. Um, it's so funny because it happened to me. Uh, and before it happened to me, it actually happened to uh, Piper Niven. So um, uh, story behind Bell's palsy is super simple. Um, for a few days, probably about like three days before I actually went to the doctor, I felt like um, 
like I felt like my tongue was like burnt. So if I like, you know, had a super hot tea or like a super hot um, food item, I felt like it felt like that. Like I felt like my tongue was burnt. Um, and then on, I want to say it was like Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, I literally could not keep like liquid in my mouth. So I would drink something and it would come out the side. And I was like, eh, that's nothing. Like I always push stuff off to the side. Um, and you know, unless it's like killing me, then I'll go get it checked out. Um, so I pushed off to the side, the whole water coming out of my mouth. I took a shower, uh, a few, like a few minutes after the whole water coming out situation. And, uh, I got soap in my eye and I was like, all right, this is kind of weird. <laughs> like, I don't normally, I don't get soap in my eyes. Like I know how to close my eyes. I'm 27 years old. Um, so I got the soap in my eye and then I texted my mom and I was like, I think something's wrong with my face. Um, I got soap in my eye and there's like liquid coming out when I drink. So she asked me if I wanted to go to like the, um, it's called Guidewell here, but, um, like the, I don't even know what it would be called. Um, like the emergency clinic. She asked me if I wanted to go there. Um, and we went because technically my symptoms were in line with the symptoms of a stroke. Um, so we went there. I told them I might, you know, be having a stroke because I'm having these symptoms. They got me checked out, um, and figured out that it was Bell palsy. So I started some steroids and all that good stuff. And I think we caught it early. I had, I feel like I had a quick recovery. Um, so, so that's that. And I'm glad like it's over with and I hope that it doesn't happen again. But no matter what injury or health scare that I have, I feel like I'll bounce back from it because that's what I do. <laughs> it sure is. That's exactly what you do. Uh, I don't know if we should call you Mark Henry Jr. Because you, you might have to take <laughs> I love that. Mark Henry. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually the first person that I ever uh, met. When I went to get, we used to stand in line. I don't know if, like, if you got, if you did this, um, but we used to stand in line before, like, Ticketmaster was its big thing. We would stand outside of the uh, ticket booth and we bought our tickets. We stood in line for hours, um, me and my grandfather. And then Mark Henry did his signing, which was awkward because I've never, like, I've never seen them do a signing after that. I've never heard of them doing a signing before that. Um, but we bought our tickets. We went over to meet Mark Henry and yeah. So he's the first person I met. <laughs> well, and, and that was a positive experience. I'm assuming because you're in the wrestling business now. It was, I would love, um, I would love, and I say this all the time. I would love if I could get trained by Mark Henry, um, or learn from him in some aspects and hopefully it happens soon. Cause I am trying to get to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, so it, it, it was definitely a positive and positive experience. Shout out to the hall of famer and the world's strongest man, Mr. Mark Henry. Mark, <laughs> I'll shoot you um, Casey's uh, email address and what have you. you. Definitely should link up with her, man. She's, she's doing some great things out there. Thank um, you. Casey, it's, it's interesting because as we, we talked about, you've definitely had some, some peaks and valleys. You definitely had some challenges that you had to overcome, but there's mm -hmm. a reason why you're a double champion and not just in wrestling, but you know, 
in life in general, you, as you said, that's what you do. You keep bouncing back, <laughs> fighting back. Talk to me about your faith. I mean, how, how does your relationship with God prepare you and comfort you when you're dealing with all of these crazy challenges? I grew up in church from being in my mama's belly to, you know, until now, I don't have a home church now. I still, you know, do believe in God. I believe in the heaven and hell. My grandmother was a big influence in our Christianity and our faith. She would drag us to church all the time. So we, at my previous church, we would have Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, and uh, midweek service. So that would be on Wednesday or Thursday. So we would go to all three of those, and she would drag us to all of them. And I guess, you know, as a kid, you're like, I don't want to go to church, blah, blah, blah. I just want to stay home and watch TV. Um, But growing older, you know, I understand it more. Um, And whenever something like the blood clot situation happens or whenever uh, the bell palsy or literally whenever I have a a bad dream or something that seems negative, um, there's something that she always used to say, I rebuke you, Satan. So those bad things, like to me, they're not coming from God. They're coming from, from Satan, like point. I don't know like how you feel or how like other people feel. Um, but to me, they're coming from Satan and that's, you know, what I was always taught. Ooh, sorry. My earphones coming out. (laughs) Her teaching us that faith and teaching us that, you know, God will never give you anything bad or he will never give you anything that you can't conquer everything bad in your life that's happens will always just be a speed bump. That's what's definitely helped me. Like when I'm feeling down or when I'm feeling like I can't do it anymore or I don't have enough bookings or promoters aren't answering me or they're just leaving me on red. Like it's just a speed bump. Like I don't, all I can do is go out there and prove how good I am and prove that I'm willing to get better and I'm willing to learn and, and I'm willing to, you know, put myself out there. You have to like go over that speed bump um, and go over that little distraction that Satan gives you and move forward with God. So that's the way I look at it. And every time something bad happens, you know, like at home or if my mom's feeling, uh, feeling down or anything like that, I will always tell her that it's just a speed bump in the road and God will always like lead you. He'll always lead you. God won't give you anything that you can't handle. <laughs> wow. That's, that's impressive there. And clearly, that was long. Has, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's good stuff because clearly God feels that you can handle being a double champion. Uh, like you yeah. said, he's not going to give you something you can't handle. So let everybody right. know, please, what can we expect from Casey Lennox when, you know, pro wrestling gets going again, you know, when we start having, <laughs> regular shows and you start defending your championships. What are we going to get when we watch Casey Lennox out there? As a champion, I want to go out there and do new things and make these matches count and, you know, inspire little girls or little boys or grown men or women. I want to inspire everybody. Um, So that's what, that's what you're going to get out of me. You're going to get someone that you can look up to and be like, wow, that girl just kicked butt. She's, she's actually doing it. Like she's doing the damn thing. So that's what you're going to get other than, you know, cool moves. 
Well, I'm sure folks are going to be inspired to check out more of your stuff after hearing this incredible interview. Why don't you let everybody know, how can they get more Casey Lennox in their life? What's your social media, your websites, the whole nine yards? Plug away. (laughs) So all of my social media is Miss Casey Lennox. It's M-I-S-S-K-A-C-I-L-E-N-N-O-X. That's going to be on Instagram. That's Twitter. Uh, that is Facebook. If you search me on Facebook, um, you can just type in Casey Lennox into the search engine. It will pop up. Um, I am at my max friends, but my page is completely open. So you can totally still see everything. Uh, that's where I, it's where I literally post everything. I'm a pretty open book. Um, I post my merch on there. I actually have a pro wrestling t-shirt. So if you want to, um, purchase one of my sweet and sassy t-shirts, you can do that. Um, it would just be prowrestlingtees.com backslash Casey Lennox. Um, but other than that, that is my social media where you can follow me and just, you know, keep up with my crazy life. Before I let you go, Miss Casey Lennox, the double champion, mm-hmm. you, you have such an inspirational story and, and such a positive outlook on life. And I know you credit your grandma, your mom, you credit uh, Santana Garrett, God. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, that's that's a pretty good team you have behind you there for sure. <laughs> what advice yeah. can you give to other people who are experiencing challenges and, you know, especially right now? I mean, geez, we're dealing with a global pandemic and a lot of folks are trying to figure out if they can make it. You are somebody who's pushed through and you've persevered and you found a way to make it over and over and over again. What advice do you have for others who are in the fight right now and and trying to get over to the other side? So my advice would be, um, and it's kind of hard because some people don't have, you know, a family system or a a friend system. Uh, I'm thankful that I have both. Um, My advice would be, you know, to look forward. Like I said, things might be, things might be down now this could just be a speed bump or this is just a speed bump. Um, But there are brighter days ahead. And I know it sounds so cliche and everybody says it, um, but there really are like, this is really just a speed bump and there's going to be plenty more. And if if you're 17 and think, you know, Oh, because I, I can't walk across the stage at graduation. Like my life's not my life's over or life's not fair. It's just a speed bump. It really is. And I would also say if you are able to have that family system or friend system, uh, embrace it. I know it's, it's super hard to say, and I still push people away. Um, like I push my own family away sometimes, but, uh, at the end of the day, when you do embrace that family or friend system and you let them be there for you and let them show that they do care for you and they do love you and they're there uh, to help you, that will help you tenfold. Because if I literally, if my mother wasn't here and my stepfather and my grandfather, when he was alive and my brother, if they weren't here, like, I don't know what I would do. Like I would probably literally just cry every day and be depressed. Um, but you honestly just have to embrace your friends, embrace your family. And just remember that there are better days ahead for everyone. What an inspirational person Casey Lennox is. I mean, just 
really, really sharp, a person who cares about others and, you know, is walking a great walk. So shout out to Casey once again. You know, we'll continue to support her, keep an eye on her progress. I can't wait for pro wrestling to get going again out there safely, of course, safely. But I can't wait for it to get going out there because I can't wait to see what Casey has up her sleeve next. That's for sure. Folks, welcome back. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Hope everyone is doing well out there. You know, I'll tell you, the warmer weather is really trying its its hardest here. It's trying to push through. I mean, goodness, down here in uh, sunny Boston, Massachusetts, we had so much rain in April. We finally made it to the other other side here in May. And, you know, so far the temperatures have been pretty good. You know, mid to upper 60s, which is nice. Although I think we're in for a unseasonable chill coming up this weekend. So that's going to be strange. But I hope wherever you are, you're enjoying the weather and you're doing all right. You know, this pandemic this global pandemic is still affecting us all walmarts man all these walmarts are having to close for deep cleaning you know some of these folks are losing their lives and all kinds of craziness even here in massachusetts just incredible stuff i heard somebody say earlier that um we have had so much loss and we've been affected so much by a pandemic that we knew nothing about six months ago. I thought that was interesting. Interesting perspective. But nonetheless, you know, we just got to keep pushing forward and persevere. I will give you an update. In fact, um, one of our previous guests, Brad Sanders, he's hanging in there. You know, he's doing all right. Some days are better than others, of course, but he's in the battle of his life with this COVID-19 thing. And so far, he's pushing through. So shout out to Brad. Keep checking in with him. You know, I check in with Brad every day. It's the way it should be, man. You know, he's been on the show before. He's he's part of our family. So, and you are too. So whoever you are out there listening, again, my best to you and your family for sure. Folks, I, I'm going to go over some top stories and really do a deep dive. Something I haven't done in a while. You know, a lot of times... More recently, I've had multiple guests on, and we've gotten into that. But let me let me go through some top stories. And I want to give a shout out to my friends over at Wrestling Inc. I'm going to use them as my top story uh, hub, so to speak. Let's see what what folks are talking about out there. You know, first and foremost, uh, the Bella Twins—they just put out a new book. So congratulations to them. You know, that Total Bella show is still doing well out there, still on the E! Network, which is great. But they're number one right now. New York Times bestseller. They're actually beating Jim Ross in his uh, new book. Take that, AEW. Take that. (laughs) But it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see the Bella Twins get that success. And I'm sure JR is very happy for them. I believe he was part of the team that hired them initially in the WWE, so I'm sure he's proud of them. But there was something that was in the book that's making the rounds. I mean, even People Magazine covered this. Nikki Bella revealed that 
she is a survivor of sexual assault. And it's happened to her multiple times. Boy. I mean, that is just incredible when you consider what she's managed to do in her life. Despite she's carrying a a load that is that heavy. I mean, just incredible, incredible stuff there. And it's a reminder that, you know, we, we don't know what people are going through in life. Especially these folks who are in the public eye. So bear that in mind, you know. These are human beings, folks, with with real challenges in life, real successes in life and everything in between, just like you and I. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't hold folks accountable for their their performance. You know, I'll be honest with you. I've made no bones about the fact that I'm very disappointed in Nikki. And she's even admitted that the way that John Cena was portrayed in the Total Bellas franchise not an accurate picture because Cena had, you know, he never drew a paycheck and he was made to look like the bad guy and he's never spoken out or said anything negative in return. He's just kind of taken that load and, and bear it. Um, and that wasn't right. So I, I've definitely have called Nikki out for that and I'll continue to do that in the franchise. I just shouldn't treat people like that. But on the, at the same token, I'm very proud of Nikki and Brie. I mean, these ladies have done a, a tremendous job with their careers and the things that they continue to accomplish. It really is the blueprint. They're really setting the stage for whoever comes after them to do nothing but thrive, you know. So it's it's they're, they're major, man. In my opinion, they definitely are Hall of Famers. They need to be. It's not just about what's happening in the ring their impact and their influence over pro wrestling in general. It's been so tremendous and it's been so positive that, I mean, how could they not be Hall of Famers? You know, of course they are. So again, shout out to the Bella Twins, Nikki and Bree. And uh, check out their book if you're interested. I mean, it should be, should be an interesting read there. Get To get all of that behind the scenes stuff them expressing what's really going on there. You know, those wrestling girls, Queen PR and Krista B, they've even been commenting on it and just talking about the fact that there's a lot, a lot of eye-opening stuff happening in that book, stuff that folks probably never knew about. So check it out. You know, it's crazy um, looking at the news and seeing some of this stuff, and I'm just going to jump right into this because gets me a little worked up the team formerly known as the revival i guess they're going to call themselves the revolt now they went on chris jericho's show and they've been running their mouth you know doing what folks do soon as wwe you, you know your business is done with them you go run and you want to tell everything throw people under the bus and what have you let me say this about the revival because Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of that team. I think they're one of the best tag teams to come around over the past decade by far. They got to be top five, at least for me. I think they're a great team. But I also think that in a lot of ways, they're going to live to regret some of these things, these moves that they've made. And the way that they have characterized the WWE, it just... You know, with everything going on, there's nothing more important than 
stable job security, making as much money as you can and keeping the, the lights on, keeping food on the table. And of course, you can take a chance on yourself, but it's got to make sense. And I, I defy anybody, especially you, Revival, and I know you guys are listening right now. I want to see you make the kind of money that the WWE was just offering you. I want to see you make that somewhere else in this environment. I want to see that happens, and I hope it does, because I think you guys are that talented and you're worth it. But I'll tell you, that's going to be tough. We're in a different world now, man. So it's kind of it's ugly to see you guys stepping out and talking the talk that you're talking right now because, you know, you could be burning a bridge forever. Who knows? You never say never, but who knows, man? It's a different world right now. So we'll see what happens. And I, I wish these guys nothing but the best. I hope wherever they go, they get top dollar. And they're featured in a manner that is beneficial for all involved. But who knows? Who knows? Zelina Vega. She said something interesting that's got people all perked up. She said that she's put female managers on the map again. I mean, can anybody deny that? Zelina Vega is the sensational sherry of modern pro wrestling. She can wrestle. She can take bumps as, you know, just as well as any of the guys. Yet she is an effective manager who does nothing but enhance the people that she manages. It's the truth. That's why I didn't bat an eye when she said that. I thought that was absolutely, it made a lot of sense. You know? Some of you folks out there are really upset with her for saying that. Which, listen, let me tell you something, man. Nobody's going to toot your horn louder than you can toot it. Because no one has endured what you personally have endured. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So go ahead. If you're the best, say you're the best. Why not? Who the heck's going to believe you unless you proclaim it? Let the world know. I'm with it, man. You know, I'm really... uh, concerned about this whole deal with the DiBiase family you know the million dollar man Ted DiBiase uh, his sons they got themselves into some kind of financial scandal state scandal it's it's a whole mess man so there's been an audit and it looks like the DiBiase family was paid for work that they did not perform this unreasonable travel costs, just all kinds of crazy stuff. This is unfortunate, man. This is really unfortunate because I'll tell you, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, he's a legend and he's somebody who is one of the bigger names in the history of professional wrestling. Now to, to note, he is not named in any of this, but his sons are. So Brett DiBiase, you know, and and the guy who went by Ted DiBiase Jr., all of that, you know, and and this is the state of Mississippi and just the whole scandal with that. And, you know, I guess they had some kind of religious like church organization or something like that, some kind of funny, funny business with the money. I hope it's not true, but if it is, boy, these guys will be doing a lot of time. So. Ugly to see, ugly to see, but my heart goes out to anybody affected by this negatively because this is just tough.
you know, really tough. You know, Tony Khan, president of AEW, I mean, he, he just put out something discussing the fact that he hasn't released any talents yet. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I guess he's just kind of holding, he's carrying people for now. You know, we'll see what happens. Can you sustain that? Is that cost effective? I don't know. I don't know. And the other part about this is, is it cost effective to be hiring any of these release talents? Cody Rose said he's not just going to be picking up everybody released from the WWE. And he's been saying that a lot. Yet, so far, they've been doing that before COVID-19. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up over on that side of town. I don't know. Do you believe Cody? Let me know. Do you believe Cody or not? I don't know. Does AEW even have a, a choice? I mean, you have a bunch of guys who you really haven't done an effective job of building into major international superstars. And I know some of you listening and say, that's not true. Everybody loves Jungle Boy or Orange Cassidy or something like that. And yeah, okay, fine. But neither one of those guys are Zack Ryder, right? They're not Zack Ryder. They're not um, the club. Anderson and Gallows, they're not those guys. Right? Start going down the list of the people who were released by the WWE and then compare their name recognition and their value to those who are currently in AEW who have never wrestled for the WWE. You tell me who you'd rather have on your team. Especially in, a, in an environment where making money is all that matters. And you have a TV product and attracting people to your product so you can find more ways to make money off of them. That's all that matters. But it does point out the fact that no matter how much you try to be different, AEW is more of the same. Because the business will always be the business. You can try to revolutionize, you can try to evolve, but at the end of the day, it's a business, making money is the point, and you only do that with talents who can attract. Do you have a roster of people who are actually doing that? We'll see. We'll see. But the proof would be in the pudding, because when you start bringing in more people, ultimately somebody's going to have to go. So, I don't know. You know, it's it's kind of strange when you think about what WWE is doing this weekend with this Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I don't know what the heck to expect, to be honest with you. The claim is the Money in the Bank match. So this is the ladder match where you, you climb a ladder and you pull the briefcase down and there's a contract in the briefcase and you can cash in at any point for a title match, a championship match at any time. The men's match and the women's match are going to be happening at the same time. And they put the ring and the briefcases, which are up in the sky. They put it all on the top of WWE headquarters. Think about that for a second. So all the wrestlers who were participating in the men's and the women's money in the bank, 
They're going to start from the bottom level. They got to climb all the flights of stairs, however many flights that is. And then they got to get to the top of the roof, the roof deck, literally of the building and then get into the ring that's on the roof deck, climb the ladder and then pull down that briefcase and stop whoever else is trying to do it before you. This is either going to be the most ridiculous thing you ever saw or it's going to be the most ingenious thing you ever saw. I know one thing, though. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Why not? Right? So Sunday, uh, I believe 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the WWE Network, Money in the Bank 2020. Check it out. I saw something crazy from... uh, Hugo Senovich, you know, he was a Spanish broadcaster at WWE for many years. Hugo he says WWE lacks creativity, and that has uh, compounded and resulted in their most recent problems. Hugo's a character, man. Listen, let me tell you something. I like Hugo because Hugo has a totally different outlook on life than I do. So it's interesting when I get a chance to interact with Hugo and debate with him on certain things. Hugo is a is a is an avid Donald Trump supporter. Hugo, Mexican American gentleman, he's an avid Donald Trump supporter. It's really interesting. You don't you don't really run into to folks like that too often. At least I don't. So it's really interesting to, to hear him talk about Trump and politics and things of that nature. But Hugo's takes on wrestling are are just as interesting. He's talking about WWE's current problems. Now think about this for a second. Not a single sports league was able to operate during this pandemic, at least not in America. You weren't getting any new content whatsoever. Yet you were getting new WWE content. Fox Sports, Fox, USA Network, ESPN, their sister stations have all been putting out WWE content, right? Best of shows and things of that nature. And USA and Fox in particular have been putting out new content, new content, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, that's all people have been able to watch if they want to get anything that resembles sports and something different, right? So that means that the WWE is maintaining their their television contracts, which is what they make the most money on, right? They got billion-dollar contracts, and they're maintaining that during a, a pandemic, right? WWE, if they're losing money, they're not losing much compared to other companies valued as high as they are with the costs that they have. We have entire industries, the farming industry, right? Including the the meat division and the milk division. We got got the airline industry. Almost 99% of flights aren't happening right now, right? Airlines got to get bailed out. The restaurants got to get bailed out. The farmers got to get bailed out. The cruise ships got to get bailed out. Your mama has to get bailed out. 
WWE's still going. And they're not perfect. They're doing a lot of ridiculous things. They're taking a lot of ridiculous risks. Many I don't agree with. But they're still going. So I, when I see nonsense like from, from Hugo talking about WWE's issues and all this other nonsense. I mean, come on, Hugo. The Disney company would rather be in WWE's position right now than the position that they're in. WWE was able to pay dividends on their their last uh, quarter there. Okay, their investors got a dividend check. Trust me, I know this for a fact. While Disney is not paying any dividends to their investors. Can you believe that? The Disney company. They are not paying their investors any dividends. And I know that for a fact as well. Which company do you think is is in better shape right now? I'm just telling you, man. When I see some of you folks out there who talk the talk that you do, like Hugo, about WWE and their business practices, you don't have to agree with them. And certainly I don't agree with half of their business practices. So don't get me wrong there. But there's one thing I'm never going to do is not I'm not going to deny the fact that they're successful and that they found ways to thrive even in the most challenging times. Right. They are they are a business that is built to survive and to thrive. More so than any competitor. So. Don't read into any of the nonsense that you hear from some of these folks, folks. WWE is, is in very good shape. They can pay their investors their dividend check right now. And a lot of big time companies, including Disney, they sure can't do that. Right. Sears is going out of business. J. Crew, all these, these, these guys are going bankrupt right now. WWE is not. You figure that out. Wendy's ran out of beef. Come on. So, as I always say, consider the source, right? Consider the source. And some of you are going to be upset with me saying, oh, come on, man, you're always defending WWE. This isn't a defense. This is just telling the truth. Tell the truth. Ring of Honor can't even put on a show right now. They just canceled all their June shows. Did you see that? (laughs) WWE... They're putting on pay-per-views, man. You figure it out. I want to thank my guest this week, Miss Casey Lennox. Inspirational, fantastic champion. You know, I was thinking, I'm going to leave you with this thought because this just came to mind. Imagine if Casey Lennox joined SmackDown as Sasha Banks' cousin. And Sasha, Bailey, and Casey were a faction. And they took that no good Lacey Evans and tuned her up. Imagine that. And if Lacey Evans' daughter, she wants to be rude like she was a few months ago at one of the live shows to Sasha, then they could put her on punishment. Do Lacey Evans' job for her. I think that would be interesting. I'd love to see that. I'm going to put that out there. That's right. Yes, I will. 
Okay, folks, join me next week where I'll have another great lineup of guests. As always, at Duke Loves Wrestling on Facebook, on Twitter, Gmail, YouTube, all your favorite podcast apps. Hit the subscribe button. Throw me a review. Send me some messages. Let me know you got any questions or comments. You can inbox me your your audio comments. You know, I love to play those. We got the four-year anniversary coming up, so I got some pretty big surprises coming up, including I think we may do a the first ever Duke Loves Wrestling episode where there'll be video. So of course you'll still be able to hear the audio on your favorite podcast apps, but if you go to the YouTube, you'll be able to watch what goes on. So we'll see. Until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Catch you on the other side, folks. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.